Welcome to Kashrus on the Air, your weekly radio show dealing with kosher issues for the kosher consumer. And I'm your host, Rabbi Yosef Wickler, editor of Kashrus Magazine. And tonight, we have no guest. We're going to be able to talk, take a lot of calls. You can call as soon as you want. With, I would like you to discuss the fish issue, which was what we took up last week, and we're going to take a little bit of time now to discuss. But if you want to discuss something else, call a kavod. You can reach us at 718-683-5858. Again, the studio number is 718-683-5858. And we'd love to hear from you, whether you're right now in Brooklyn or you're vacationing elsewhere. However you hear us, wherever you are, please give us a ring and let us hear your cautious concerns uh, or points that you'd like to make. In addition, you can text us at 347 347- 9278398 again text at 3479278398 uh before we get started with the uh program i want to just uh tell you what happened last week and we're going to try very hard to recap a little bit and to discuss the topic of the uh insects in the fish Last week, we discussed with Rabbi Bess, Rabbi Gershon Bess from California. We were discussing the situation in the fish. And what came out from that discussion was that he has a list of recommended or not recommended uh, fish based upon, yeah, okay, based upon, I see we have a lot of calls coming in. Okay, based upon the, um, based upon this, the work that he had done, but dealing only with Anasakis. And I didn't really know that when we first set up the show. And when we started with the show, and the first thing I read was carp. So I said, carp, carp has worms in it. And he said, well, it's not, you know, it's not got an Anasakis. And that was the first issue that we had. And I had worked up this whole list and put it into the next issue of the magazine, of Conscious Magazine. And I decided we're not going to go with it. And I'll explain to you why. And about uh, I had a few dozen people email me and call me and beg me to send them the list of the uh, recommended or the not recommended fish, and I'm I'm holding back at this time. And the reasons are as follows. First of all, let me read to you what I wrote to everybody. Uh, this is how I said it: the list of fish which are free and those of which have concern for anisakis infestation. Unfortunately, at the present time, we're not going to send out that list. Cautious Magazine is of the opinion that further research needs to be done and a name of a sponsoring organization should be associated with this list. In addition, realize that the list does not take into account any other parasites common to fish that are embedded in the flesh. Furthermore, everyone needs to realize that the findings of a competent mashkiach who is looking for worms and fish is the only real guarantee of worm-free fish. In other words, it's only as good as the mashkiach or you yourself if you buy fish. And we'll talk a little bit about tonight, I hope. Uh, if not, we'll probably be printing it in the magazine in the next issue. But the, the point is that a list is not any guarantee. And I'll explain to you why. First of all, the fish that we have, the names of the fish that we have are not accurate. The OU does not put out a list of kosher fish, even though many other people are publicizing the list of kosher fish. Their position is that you shouldn't have a list of kosher fish because everybody's calling this or that and that or this. And a lot of times 
it's it's not the same fish. And in different parts of the world, and at different times of the year, they'll call different fish that name. And it's like, like a, if a person says sea bass, you think sea bass is just one thing, like a bass in the lake. No, sea bass is a whole group of fishes that they call sea bass. The same thing with flounder. It's a whole group of fishes that they're calling flounder, and they're very, very, very different. So it, the word is sometimes fools us, and it's very hard to go with the name alone. The best is that everybody should either get fish from a reliable source, that the, somebody who is checking that there are no worms in it, and I mean no worms, not just not the sackus, but any worms in it. And in addition to that, if you want to do it yourself, you could do it. Get Rabbi Vaya's book, Bedikas Hamazon, Laws and Practical Methods for Checking Foods. It's available in the bookstore. You can get it from us at Cautious Magazine. You can call us at 718-336-8544. Or you could uh, text us if you want or email us at Kashrus, K-A-S-H-R-U-S, at AOL.com. And we'll get the book out to you. It's a very, very helpful book. And he's got pictures of the insects. He describes the different fishes, how to examine them, and what to do. It's not that doesn't make you an instant mashkiach, but it might be enough for you if you're picking the right fish and you're doing the right work, you'll be able to handle it. And if not, take yourself into one of the uh, mavinim in, the, in some of the stores and ask them what you're doing right or wrong. Then they they'll probably will be helpful to you. So uh, these are possibilities. Or you're going to have to decide to accept one of the lists. But there are many lists that are out there of fish. There are, I, I saw myself this week a few lists, and I met with people and discussed with them about these different fishes, and it didn't seem, from what I, the work that I did, that they're all on board together. And that's the concern that I have, and that's why I pulled back from mentioning the, about sending out the list. Although you can get the list... You can go to Rabbi Gershom Bess's website. The list that I read last week is not currently up, but it will be soon. And his website is kehilasyakov.org. And you'll see the fish list there. Kehilas Yaakov, K-E-H-I-L-A-S-Y-A-A-K-O-V dot O-R-G. And that's Rabbi Gershom Bess's shul. And he puts a list up over there. And if you're interested in that list, but there are other people who have lists, and uh, I'm not going to say this one is better than that one, etc., because it's, it's a problem. It's not an easy field at all. And it, really, the best is to have a good mashkiach checking the fish for you in the f- store where they're dedicated to looking for the worms in every fish, and that they limit their fish to those that are not uh, infested, that they only have periodic worms in them. But if they're infested fish, uh, in a good fish store, they won't carry them. If you ask for a fish, we don't carry that. And they don't carry it because it's just too difficult to examine. So this is the, uh, the first point that I want to make tonight. And I see we have callers, so I'm going to take the callers. I want to make another quick announcement before we take the callers. And this is something that I just spoke to uh, Rabbi David Goldstein today. And he told me the following, that the, the blueberry situation is the same as last year, 
and the, the, the blueberries are infested, and there's all kinds of, uh, of, of insects in there, and the mites, the thrips, the maggots, and scales. I saw myself scales on the outside of these blueberries uh, last year. I looked at it. It really was a serious issue. But uh, he did tell me the following, that you could get frozen blueberries with a Hamish Ashkocha. And the reason why we say a Hamish Ashkocha is because the Hamish Ashkochas are taking this matter very seriously now. And what they're doing is they're going to the fields and selecting only the clean product, the ones that don't exhibit the problems that we're talking about. And so even if there might be some with a mite here or there, but at least they're washed properly, and the chances are that they're really, really free. And if they're not really free, at least you wouldn't have a mir hamatsui. And Rabbi Goldstein has done a lot of checking on that, and he said that the that the frozen with a hamashashkocha, you'll have to decide what that means, but with a hamashashkocha, should be acceptable. And that's that's he, he wanted me to notify people to that effect. So that's something, at least one thing came out tonight in the, on the positive side. So let's go to the callers. Go ahead. Okay, you're on Kashmir's on the air. You're on the air. Uh, go ahead. I wanted to know um, the contrastance of um, wood chips. I couldn't hear what you said. Um, barbecue wood chips, when you're making a charcoal barbecue? Yes, the barbecue wood chips, they, they do put a uh, flavors, and they, 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 do, they do put things on it. There are some companies, I saw one that has Ashkocha, uh, I don't think that it needs hashkocha. My Rebbe Zatzal, Rav Asher Zimmin, uh taught us that it, these shouldn't be a problem because it doesn't. You don't put it on the coals. You put the coals under the food, and what will happen is the worst that you'd have is something coming up, and we, it's what we call reicha, and halachically reicha lav milsa b'diavet. So it's really unlikely that you're going to get a flavor of that thing into the food. Uh, and if it would be, it's only called a reicha. It can't asa the food. If you put things directly on the, the wood, yes, then you would want to know that it's kosher. But it's a trip to say that it's not kosher. And even if it's not, if these are not kosher, still and all, it wouldn't affect us. Okay, thank you very much. Go ahead. You're on Kashmir on the air. Can we help you? Yeah, hi. Am I I'm on the phone? Yes, you're on. You're on right now. Yeah, okay. I'm sorry for going off topic. It's just about a previous year. You were talking about um, slush from the 7-Elevens, for instance. You don't I mean so you, you 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 don't want to say slush. You're saying the wrong word. You mean uh, the uh, the slurpees. That's slurpees, a, I'm sorry. You, that means you go back a ways that you use the word slush. But now it's stu- right, slurpees. Okay, right. You've got to use the lingo. Slurpees. Yeah. Yes, that's right. Yeah, I'm giving away my age. <laughs> do you have the same issue with the soda fountains at these uh, Yes, I do. I do have it very strongly because I have seen it myself. I mean, listen, I didn't ever see it myself. I was told by people in the industry that people uh, do cheat on that. And the reason is obviously the price. And they, they, they say, this is what the people in the, in the game say, if it's cold and it's sweet, then it, then it sells. And people don't really have in their mind an exact yeah, focus. But that, would be a, that would be a big lawsuit if they're representing something no, no, cold no, no, and no, it's let not me tell cold. You, let me tell you. What happens is that the, if they, the, again, we, met, we said here last week 
that the Slurpees were saying OU and it was OU Dairy, and that the, some of the Slurpees uh, are saying OU and it's not OU certified. We, we discussed that whole thing here last week. So why isn't, why isn't everybody getting sued? There isn't enough time to follow up all these things. If somebody maliciously tries to cheat the companies, uh, the Ashkocha, by putting a big OU on the store and it's not kosher or certified, they'll get them. But some of these other things are so tiny. Do you know, if, if, could you imagine, if you realize that in the, in the uh, stores, the supermarkets, 90% of the repackaged products are illegitimately putting on there a Hashkocha name. They're not allowed to put the Hashkocha name there. Once the package is open, it's none of that Hashkocha anymore. And almost every store is putting that on. There's not enough time to run after them. That, that it's something that the people just I let know, go. I know, that, I know that on the previous lectures, you didn't mention the soda fountain. You only mentioned the slush. The slush no, I did, I did mention it. I said, I said that the one on Avenue J is certified for, the, for that as well. But, the, 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 of course, we've mentioned it in other times. You, may, you know, I, it, the show is on every week, and nobody can listen to every minute, every show, and catch everything. So you didn't hear that one. Now you heard it today. <laughs> okay? Excellent. Thank Th- you. Thank you for calling. Go ahead. Yvonne Kashas on the air. Can I help you? Yes, I want to know about Star Wars Exploding Candy. Is that kosher? I have no idea. Does it say Ashkoch on it? I don't know. If it doesn't have Ashkoch on it, we can't say that it's kosher, right? We would have to be a Navi to figure out if it's kosher. The only way to know is either it has a Ashkoch or, um, I don't know, that's about it today, right? Okay? Thank you for calling. Okay, that's it. Okay. No, I have a. Uh, there's another question. How does um, the blueberry problem affect uh, yogurt? Let's say from the Hamisher companies. Well, again, if we, 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 the information I'm giving out today is that in the frozen area they've been careful about it. So you know, I will. They uh, a Hamisher has to be aware of this problem and can be concerned about the yogurt as well. I mean, if you want to be conservative, so then you skip any yogurt that has uh, either a strawberry or a blueberry uh, pieces, but then you take only the, where they have a strawberry uh, um, jam, I mean, you know, a, a, a jelly, whatever they would call it, where it's just loose, a liquid, or you take a, or, or a different flavor. But if you, want to, if you want to believe them, obviously, if they're taking that seriously, they're going to take this seriously, too. I can't guarantee anything, but there's the same people giving Nashkochas. If you're taking a real good, reliable Nashkocha, they have to take that into consideration. Blueberries is in the category today of strawberries and raspberries. Okay? Thank, thank you. you very much. You're certainly welcome. Okay, we, we, got a, we got a free line, so I can talk a little bit. I want to go in a little bit more to the topic of the, the fish and, and the worms and the fish. And I want to explain to you that I didn't come into this topic today. It wasn't invented today. In the year 2000, I wrote about it. And I probably wrote about it earlier, too. I just didn't check by my magazines back further than 2000. But in the year 2000, we talked about the worm problem. And we were then not talking Anasakis because nobody around 
Anyway, I knew about the Anasakis problem. We just knew about worms and fish. And it was at that time that many people felt it was, you know, extreme. Uh, we were over the top. And some people called me uh, in Apicurus because I believed that, uh, that the worms were coming in from the stomach. Although I've been vindicated many times. However, that, that was, you know, people got all nervous about that. They felt, how could you ask for such a thing like that? And uh, what I... What we did that time was we printed an article, and this I could get you. It's uh, Are the Worms in Fish Kosher? was written by Rabbi Ephraim Israelowitz, but I added a lot to it. And specifically, I went into, um, I went into the topic of the size of the insect, of the worm, when it would get into the fish. And this was very, very important to me, and I, I spent a lot of time on it. And I did, uh, at one time I had a lot of uh, sources, I don't know where they are right now, I'd have to, you know, shop around and find them, but probably on the internet you can get it in five seconds. I'll give you one nice source, and if you follow it up yourself, you'll, you'll probably run into 50, 75 or more uh, sources. So this source is from a, a Japanese fellow, and let me get it out. His name is Nagasawa. N-A-G-A-S-A-W-A. K. Nagasawa. N-A-G-A-S-A-W-A. He wrote a book called The Life Cycle of Anasaka Simplex, A Review. And it, uh, it, it was printed, actually it's not a book, it was an article, and it was printed in Intestinal Anasakis in Japan. That's the name of the periodical, Intestinal Anasakis in Japan. And it was published in 1990 by Springer Verlag. And what's interesting about this is that he, I'm going to read to you what I have here. It says that the size of a parasite such as this common worm, the Anasakis simplex nematode, is greater than 6 millimeter in length when ingested. It's ingested into the, uh, in, 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 when it goes into the shrimp, and from the shrimp it goes into the fish. So in other words, it was totally visible in terms of its size. It was 6 millimeters. The naked eye can spot something of a quarter of a millimeter. So this is 24 times the size of what you could see with your naked eye. That's the size it is when it's swallowed by the shrimp. And then afterwards it gets even bigger and it's swallowed by the fish. And it's definitely, definitely large enough to see. So how in the world then do people deny this? The answer is that many people deny it. Well, first of all, they have the Gemara and the Shulchan Aruch that is confusing, which we discussed last week. And then the other thing that's important is that they say that when it's ingested, it's inside something else. So even if you could see it, you can't see it. So therefore, you don't see it. But that's, uh, that's a something you have to, <laughs> that's not been proven, that idea that they say. But that's one of the spurs that they use, one of the re- rationales that they use. That since it's inside something else, you never really see it, and therefore it's not really visible. So since it was never visible, no one ever saw it. They saw it inside another, uh, it's inside the shrimp. So therefore you never saw it going the fish. So therefore the whole growth took place when it's inside the fish. All right, that's, you know, a discussion of what, uh, of what it, all that means. You know, you can go back and, anyways, he has over there 
a list of sources a mile long, at least 75 sources, I believe, were, were quoted in there. Tremendous amount of sources. And it's very easy to find. This was all with the beginning of Anasakis, and it was in 1990 this was printed. Most of the works that I found were only from the 80s and the 90s. So when people ask, what about Ramosha Feinstein? Why didn't he answer it? Because Ramosha Feinstein probably did not know these findings. They were very late findings, and he passed away earlier. Than, early. I don't know if, he, if the material was out, and it certainly wasn't known, and Anasakis was not known in that time. And people didn't do the research to find out the size of when the, uh, the, the insect was, in, uh, was ingested. That thing about the size, I found, was only is the, the earliest anyone ever discovered that was in the 1960s. And it wasn't something that was popularized. So it's very possible that Rabbanon from previous door did not know that information. That's something very uh, important to note. So I, I don't want to belabor the point. I want to go on to other topics. And therefore, you can call now, 718-683-5858, to discuss any topic of Kashrus, 718-683-5858, or email us at Text us, I'm sorry, at 347-927-8398. You can text to 347-927-8398. Just want to mention uh, another thing that came across this week, which I thought was very interesting, and that is that the strawberries, and I always get questions about these berries, are they real? Is it really truly a problem? So the MK, that's the Montreal Kashrus organization put out in the Canadian Weekly, they put out a strawberry update on, uh, in Ju- uh, on July 10th. It said that the, as of that time, the, they found that the, 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 the strawberries were relatively insect-free, and yet they still required three things be done before you eat it. And they allowed this for a one week only for the, for the modus from, the, from, the, from July 10th to July 17th, and only for Canadian, for Quebec strawberries. So it's Quebec strawberries, people up in Quebec eating them, and then and he says for one week they could buy them, and then he said you have to do three things. The crown should be cut off, that you lost a lot ready already, Make sure not to make a hole in the fruit. The fruit should then be soaked in soapy water and rinsed. And after that, they were allowing them to use it. That was for the week of July 10th to the July 17th. But unfortunately, by the 17th, they already published in the Canadian Weekly that please be advised that Quebec strawberries were now found to be highly infested and therefore could not be used until further notice. So... If there was a hetter, they gave a hetter for a week. They didn't make the week. And this is a, a, an example of a responsible, conscious organization telling you, we can't do it. So all those people who are saying, well, I got this, it's only some people uh, in the, the, you know, the right-wing fringe uh, are saying we shouldn't do this. It's not true. This is the uh, mainstream, conscious organizations telling you that strawberries and we're getting blueberries are very, very tough. 
not not a simple matter at all. And the, the people who give you the quick fixes, I think you have to question whether they have uh, the inside track because these people wouldn't embarrass themselves. In the, in the, they gave a hetta for a week, and then within that week, they're telling you to stop it. So that's that's a very telling situation. So we're welcoming you to call now at 718-683-5858, wherever you are, to discuss any cautious issue that you're interested in. We'll take a moment to talk about our sponsor, which is Glotmart. When you think of Glotmart conveniently located at 1205 Avenue M, you should think of price, service, convenience, and quality. Whether you shop for a full item, for a few items or for a full wagon load, you can save plenty of money by shopping at Glotmart. Their weekly specials run from Wednesday to Tuesday and appear on their website and on What's on Sale, W-A-T-S-O-N-S-A-L-E. And, on thir- uh, and the Glotmart convenience comes in two packages, parking and time. You could save time by using their valet parking service. Just pull into Glotmart from the East 12th Street entrance, and they will park the car for you and have it ready to load up with the, all those special items you purchased. And at Glotmart, the quality of meats is A1, with kosher certification from both the Star K and the Vatakashos of Flatbush. With base Yosef meats and with expert Nikor, at Glotmart, you're getting quality kashras. Glotmart is at 1205 Avenue M, meeting your shopping needs is their top priority. If you meet Dove in Glotmart, tell him you heard about Glotmart on Kashras on the Air over J-Root Radio. Okay, uh, we have a caller? Oh, we have a text. Okay. Uh, someone asked canned fish, salmon, sardines. Okay, so I don't know what salmon, sardines, that's two things, salmon and sardines. Uh, we, we, we're going to give you not a list. Because I, I can't do that. But I will tell you some things that are pretty safe. We've always been saying, not me, I mean, this is the, the cautious world, that the farm-raised are acceptable. So anything that's farm-raised, as far as I know, is acceptable. So, for example, they have farm-raised black cod that some people use as sable. They have um, the, uh, the trout. That means the... Trout that grow in the uh, uh, in the ponds that's on, on you know that's on the, the in the sweet water not in the not in the salt water. Um, they have uh, a number of other fish that are uh, salmon is which is raised in a uh, farm raised. So all of those are acceptable because farm raised does not have the anisakis problem, and it seems that the salmon is basically a clean fish and not have a problem other worm problems. Sardines was like this. For Morocco and the Philippines, sardines are acceptable. Uh, and skinless and boneless sardines are acceptable from all countries. Now, this doesn't mean that all sardines are good. You have to have a hashkocha, and you have to have a, I would say, a hamish hashkocha, because with the sardines, uh, a lot of times, you know, they're very small fish, and you have to have a mashgiach temidi, and you have to have Bisha uh, Yisrael. And it really, uh, if, you're, if you want all that, you're going to have to get a Hamish Hashkacha. 
But the sardines from Morocco and Philippines, the information has been given out by everybody all the time that it was acceptable. And the skinless and boneless, any place, because skinless and boneless doesn't have the area where the anisakis is. The anisakis is in the, in the stomach area. So that's what the, uh, the, the feeling is. That's what something that I guess uh, best mentioned last week. And it's something that I've heard from other people as well. And I feel that that's probably a safe bet. So again, sardines from Morocco and Philippines, yes. Uh, skinless and boneless from all countries. Uh, a, mostly the, with the lox is farm-raised, then that's fine. But if it says wild, we don't recommend it. Now, I got a call this past week from somebody who is in the fish business, and he deals with some um, canned fish. And in the canned fish, some of it's from the wild uh, salmon. And, he, and, and, and they do have uh, hashgocha checking it, and that's something that, you know, you could take it up uh, with them or find out about it or whatever. But it would have to be that somebody took responsibility on the wild fish, that that particular run or that particular uh, season or whatever they put it together, that it would be appropriate. So, again, yes, if something is wild, maybe it could be cleaned. Maybe it could be checked. Maybe there's a, not a great incidence. Maybe it's from the waters that are cleaner. That is something that Dashkoch has to find out. But the general rule is that wild is a problem and that farm-raised is acceptable. The tilapia is good. The trout is good. Tuna is good. Some may raise it, uh, the nose of the tuna. And I really mentioned years ago that it was a problem with the tuna because I because the some someone showed said to me he sees worms in there. Other people have not uh, have, have not been able to find that as easily. And I don't know if the tuna should be a concern. We talk about the real the tuna in the can for sure is good, but with the tuna in the the, the fresh tuna, I I don't I don't know if there's anything wrong with it. So now when we come to other fish that the ones that we said were problematical, the ones I read last week are problematical such as uh, the wild salmon, the sake salmon, the koho, halibut, some of these other fish that we mentioned last week that might be problematic, that doesn't mean that you can't get it properly cleaned and checked by a mashkiach. There are some fish that are so infested that they can't deal with it, but there are fish that they're pulling them out. I've seen it here in stores in, in, in Flatbush where there's a mashkiach there, picking out worms with a tweezer or by his fingers or whatever he uses. I don't remember exactly, but whatever he uses to take out the, the worms, he's pulling the worms out. I've seen it myself, and I actually did it myself when I went to A and B. But for he, these places over here, you can find people that checking them, and uh, they will be able to tell you pretty much what's going on. The problem is that are they looking for all the worms in the fish or are they only looking for in the belly area? Yes, the predominant amount is in the belly area, but I would like to have somebody tell you he's checking for all worms and he's sort of guaranteeing to you that there are no worms in the product. When it comes to the herring, I don't have a, a good answer for anybody uh, because there's definitely worms in there and the in there, whether they are uh, today better than before or this or that, I don't know. But you're going to have to ask somebody else he said last week, and they were all right. I have not heard that from the people that I've spoken to. So I, I, I don't want to disagree. It could be as they said, and that's uh, everybody has a, the right to decide who they would like to rely upon. I didn't come here to 
disagree with the Rabbi Bess. I would have disagreed with him last week if I if I had disagreed. But uh, I, no, I I can only say that this is a complicated issue. Um, decide how far they want to go. They want to be very very safe. Stick to the salmon tilapia and the things like that, the trout, etc. Or they want to open it up more, and they feel feel that the list that he presented or somebody else presents is good. Fine. I would suggest to everybody. Again, whether you get it from me or you get it by yourself, to get a hold of Rabbi Vaya's book for two reasons. Bedikas Hamazon, it's got everything in there. It's got the vegetables and the fruits, how to check, what to check, and what to look for and what, this, what the insects look like. I speak to many people. They never saw the insects. I said, people told me, I've che- a, a, a woman called me up, a young lady. She just got married. She said, you know, I'm, I'm checking, and I don't see anything. Am I doing the right thing? I said, if you've never been shown a bug, then you're doing the wrong thing because how do you know what you can see? You might be seeing them and not realize it. You may not be, you don't know how to find them. When you get used to it, then you could find it. Somebody has to show you how to do it. Now, everybody asks me, so we have to, I want to learn. All women call up, we want to learn. I don't have anybody to teach. Right now, I have nobody to teach except Rabbi Goldstein, only teach men. So if you, you have to find somebody else to teach you, there may be people around who will do it, but I can't do anything for that. But without seeing the insects, you don't have a chance. At least Amazon, you have a chance. You get Rabbi Vaya's book, you can call us and get it from us, 7183 or uh, email us at com, or go to a bookstore and pick it up. That would be the first level. You get the picture of the fish, a picture of the worms. He discusses where the worms are found, uh, you know, which the fish are. He has his own list there of which fish are an issue. He doesn't have every fish there. But there's a lot of fi- fish that are mentioned in his lists. And you'll get started in it. And uh, more than that, I can't say right now. And I'm going to close the topic of fish. Oh, they asked me about the uh, canned fish. So canned fish is going to be the same as, as a regular fish. It doesn't matter that it's canned. And we mentioned the salmon and the sardines. So we're looking forward to you calling in. Nobody's calling in. You have a chance to do it. 718-683-5858. 718-683-5858. Call in from wherever you are. If you're up in the mountains, if you're someplace else, this is a good opportunity. You get a chance to, to talk about your th- issue right here on the air. Okay. Okay, first caller. Go ahead. You're on Cautious on the Air. Can we help you? Yes, hi. Uh, you're on the I'd air. Like to f- hi, hello? Yes, go ahead. I'd like to find out about corn on the cob. Okay, we've mentioned it many times. Corn on the cob is not acceptable at the present time, according to the information that we have. What about frozen corn? Frozen corn on the cob also. Only canned corn is acceptable, or baby corn. Uh And frozen corn, like like other Hamisher products make in the bag, like with mixed vegetables? You know, it's little pieces of corn that's cut up. That's okay. Real pieces of corn or they're, or they're, they're baby corns? No, they're real pieces of corn. Um, Eden has it. I don't want to name companies, but the companies have it. They cut up a piece of a whole it, cob? It's called mixed vegetables, and in there is corn. But the co- corn is in the cob or not in the no. cob? No, 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 no. Corn that's niblets, that right. came, that, that's fine. Even okay. if they took, even if it doesn't, it doesn't have to be canned corn. It could be frozen, whatever it is. But it's pieces uh-huh. that right. niblets, not the corner of the cob. Okay. Okay. Thank you very much. You're certainly welcome. Have a good day. Thank you. You too. Okay. Another caller. Go ahead. You're on cautious on the air. Can we help you? Yes. Hello. I'd like to know if um, regarding blueberries, 
If you have a, a blueberry in your hand that's completely intact, no holes in it, and if you cut off the crown, which is, I, I presume, where the mites might, you know, right, might be hiding, if you cut that off, and, and if you cut the blueberry in half, can you eat it? Well, if, uh, if you cut the blueberry in half, you got a good chance that you will that you that there's no maggot in there because you'd see. I can't tell you if a blueberry, if the maggots are big enough that you could miss it easily, or you would you know you would hit it. I can't tell you that. I don't really know. I didn't study the sizes of the maggots, but uh, but definitely uh, that would be a, a good program. You you missed one thing which you should know. Uh, yeah, well, two, you have to, have to wash it well. And the other thing you have to do, worry about is scale. Do you know what scale looks like? Uh, no. Well, uh, is not it like a, a little thing that sticks out of the blueberry? No, it looks like no, a no, no, no. It's, it's a scale. Scale looks like uh, on the outside, like a gray or brownish area on the outside of the, of the blueberry. That isn't just a discoloration. That's not a rot. That is scale. Scale is a, an organism that it... That it places itself there, and then builds something around itself and dies in there. It's scale. That's a, it's a real... Like a brown? I, I can't describe it over, the, over the, you know, the phone. You're best off getting, remember, buy his book or going on the web or something and seeing what scale looks like. And if you want to, you go into one of the stores in the flap. I'm, I live in Flappish. I don't know where you are, but we live in Flappish. And if you go into Flatbush or Borough Park in any of the big supermarkets, there's a mashkiach there. You catch a minute with the mashkiach if you can get him, and he will show you scale on blueberry. Oh, he, interesting. Thank you. you which certain, which yeah. um, supermarket would you recommend? Oh, no, no. Uh, I always recommend the Glatmar, but the thing is I can't. I, and the, I don't know. The, the, the mashkiach in Glatmar does not deal with this. So it's, it's one of the other stores, okay? I'm not going to mention names. <laughs> I'm not mentioning names. Okay. My, my sponsor is, uh, is Glotmart, and he doesn't have the, that kind of uh, uh, product that they have in some of the other stores. Okay? Thank you very much. You're welcome. Okay. Bye-bye. Good. Yes, you're on Kashmir's on the air. Nobody else? Uh, yes. Okay, yes. you're on the Kashmir's I'd on like the air. to ask you, if Rabbi Wicker, if you could please speak about the problem of the grapes and how to check them. The grape is, they don't have to check them. I, we, we, we went through this a few times. We're no longer asking you to check anything. We just say, turn on the radio first. If you listen to radio, whatever you're listening but, uh, to. Turn okay. it off. Turn it off. Just turn it yeah. down so you can hear me. Mm-hmm. You take the grapes, and anybody else listening can do the same thing. You take the grapes, put them in water, put a little soap in there, whatever kind of soap you want to use. Keep it around there for three minutes. Move it around a little bit. Not dramatic, whatever it is. Move it around for a little bit. Three, four minutes. Take it out. Put it under the faucet. By the way, don't take it off the, the stems. Keep it on the stems. And, and put it on the faucet. And then do the same thing again two more times. A total of three washings and three faucets. Uh-huh. Three times. And, and then you don't need to check anything. Then it's kosher. And if the grapes are not on the stem, you sometimes they're fine. So then just the big bisby, you know, make sure it's going to wash off anyway. It's uh-huh. just that we're doing it as an extra protection. We leave it on. When you spoke before about the fish stores, does a fish store have to have a mashkiach who's around okay, all the time? Okay, I'm going to explain to you. I'm going to try. I'm gonna, you're asking a good question. I'm going to try to explain it to you. The problem is that what is the mashkiach told to do? In a fish store, 
a mashkiach could be uh, doing a lot of things. And sometimes the only thing he's really important to them is that the, the fish that come in are kosher fish. So, for example, let's say the owner bought it at a, he gets deliveries. So they have to check the fish in. Or else he's got, uh, he's, he's got, uh, he himself went out to the, to the, to the fish market, the, you know, the big fish, fish markets, and he, he bought the fish there, and you got to make sure nothing else got mixed into it. So we definitely, uh, he has a job, he has certain things he has to do. They may, a lot of fish stores are related to other businesses, and sometimes he's doubling. But a lot of times, the fish, uh, the mashkiach in the fish store does not really have a sophisticated knowledge about fish. The store that I mentioned earlier, whatever it is, I don't want to get, mention names again, but uh, some of these stores, the people are extremely capable, have a lot of experience, they know what they're looking for, they had a lot of years doing it, and that's what we need. Now, there, it's much harder to get a good mashkiach for fish than to get a good mashkiach to touch vegetables. Because the vegetable is, is it just a procedure. But fish is, you're going into the flesh. You got, you're cutting into the thing. And you have to have good eyes, and you have to be constantly looking for it. It's no big deal to take a piece of lettuce and put it on a light box and see a bug. I mean, any decent mashkiach, any decent person can find that. Right, but if but it defined these these in the, these parasites inside the flesh of the fish, you have to have a sixth sense. You have to have a lot of experience. You have to spend a lot of time working on it. When I went to A and B, time I went to A and B, I raised the question about tuna, and the owner of A and B, Mr. Koth, a lovely gentleman, he he uh, he went right away and he, and he said, let me see, and he and he cut up pieces of uh, of tuna fish, and wasted it. There's, tuna fish is a very expensive fish to eat raw, you know, I mean, like a steak. And he cut it up to looking for these worms, and he said, I can't find it. So uh, the point is that he took it very seriously, and he knows fish, and he went into it. And, and it's not the same as checking lettuce. I could check, train, train anybody to check lettuce. I want a good mashkiach checking my fish. Rabbi Wickler, I have one more question about this. I was in a Hamish fish store and I asked them if they check the fish before they make the gefilte fish. So someone there said, well, the fish is ground up anyway, so any, um, you know, so they don't have to worry about bugs. Okay, so I'm going to... I was taken aback by that. Well, I, I, I agree with you. I will explain to you what happened there. Un, unquestionably, you could say that you grind the fish, it shouldn't be a problem. It, it depends how you grind it. There's a fish grinder that you're putting it through, it's exuding through, like you make spaghetti, so you're pushing it through, you grind meat, that's what is happening, it's going through uh, little holes. There are sizes of holes. If it's, if it's wider, it's less likely to, to, to destroy the, uh, the, the, the worm. If it's tighter, it's more likely to destroy the worm. If you put it through twice, and some people put it through twice, it's even more likely to destroy the worm. So yes, they could do, maybe they could do that. I don't think that's appropriate, and I know the people at A and B don't do that. They they check for worms in their whitefish. I saw it. They showed me how to do it, and and they have a man assigned to that all day long, just like they have somebody breaking eggs. I it was very interesting to watch. <laughs> I didn't imagine somebody could break eggs all day, but that's what he's doing. And you you you, you if people take that seriously, then when you put it through the grinder, because a grinder is not a guarantee. The grinder is an extra. 
uh, protection, but it shouldn't be relied on as first uh, or as, as the first protection. It should be a it should be a secondary step. Thank you so much. You're certainly Thank welcome. You. Go ahead. We have a lot of calls. Okay, you're Can right, I ask a on the air. Now? You're on the air. Can I ask a question? Absolutely. Okay. My son came to me from Israel, and he says that celery, there's a big question about using celery, and I, I don't see any worms or anything. Is there? Oh, okay, yeah, okay. hold on one second. One second. It, it, celery, you have to learn how to see the leaf minor. If you don't know what I'm talking about, you have to learn it. Again, it's in Rabbi Vaya's book. It, we had pictures in our magazine, Kasha's magazine. You have to learn what a leaf miner looks like, and you will never have a problem again. Do you have, do you have email? Do you have email? Uh, no. Okay. So get somebody with email. An email to me at Kasha's AOL. Just say celery, and I can email you some of the uh, pictures. But it's not as clear from what I'm going to email you as what you could see in a book or in somewhere else. You really have to learn it. You can go into a okay. store. You can go into a store that sells it uh, as a hashkocha, and, they, and they're cutting it up and making something or other. Uh, ask them to show it to you. They'll show you what okay. an actual... Well, how can I learn this? Okay. Teach me. Who do I have to... What do I have to do? Sir? You, go, you, you can go to... I, I told... I have a pencil on the paper now. No, go to any big supermarket where they are, uh, they're making salads. Yeah. Something like that. And they have, they have a celery there. Tell them, please show me a celery with a leaf miner in it. And they'll, they'll take a piece, they'll, back in the room there, they'll, show, they'll bring it to the front, and they'll show it to you. I had to, I, Otherwise, I said, if there's a, you said uh, my son has an email. I can mail it to you? You said an email? If you want to do that, so I'll I'll email okay. you. If you send me, just say celery. Don't don't write anything. Just say celery. Email to who do I mean? Kashrus K A S H R U S. Excuse me. A K A S H R U S. R U S at aol dot com at aol dot com at aol dot com. That's it. Just say celery. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Certainly welcome. Have a good day. Okay, Iran Kashmir's on the air with Rabbi Yosef Wickler. Can I help you? Yes, yes, thank you so much for taking my call. Um, I have a question that you, you spoke about canned, um, I could say canned wild salmon, right? So that would, you know, it's, if it would be a problem because it's wild salmon. But it would even be a bigger problem maybe because it's, it would be, um, it's like the, it's peerish. The, if the worm is peerish from the fish already, then you can't eat it. Even if it's Dana. Oh, well, why, why, why are you talking about that? It's inside the fish. No, because when it's canned salmon, then it comes out of the fish. Well, how do you this know that? Extreme, he's once speaking stolen and, and years ago, and he, he said this, that even if you're not marked Hold on one second. One second. Let, me, let, me, let me explain to you. The yeah. way you make, fi- I mean, again, I, I'm not, uh, you know, if I actually told you something, I'm not going to take it. I'm not going to disagree. I'm not going to disagree with him. I don't disagree with people, but but I, when you take a, a fish and you put it in a can, at that point, you're saying the worm is inside. Now, uh, when it's inside, so then they put the can on cover on and they cook it in the can. I doesn't get a chance to walk around outside. It's it's dead when they when that happens. No, he 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 said he says not like that. He said if you you're able to. That's as far as I understood. If you're able to look closely, you'll be able to see the worms uh, in okay. the water. 
Okay. So and it, he said then then it's only then it's taka. There's one sheet that holds even darnas and mutzvah. It's totally a bracha. Right. Not to eat it. No, but that, that maybe he holds now that it's usher. And sometimes uh, two years ago, I think, or three years ago, uh, I mean, it was stolen. So this, we speak about cantons. I just thought it would be nice to tell you that. I hear. I appreciate it very much. But again, I don't know if it's the, you know, again, we, we if 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 the Kashrus agency did their due diligence and there are no Anasakis or only no, a very... No, no, no. He's talking about when there is Anasakis, when it's right. wild salmon. Right. So we're saying so that... it's even worse if right. it's canned. Right. You could avoid the cans. I hear you. I hear you. I hear you very well. Okay, thank you very much. Okay, thank you for your show. Call to... You're on Kashrus on the air. Can we help you? Yes, I does one have to t- check chia seeds for bugs? I don't know. I don't. Uh, I've never heard anything about it. Uh, okay. You, 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 the best is to speak to. Uh, well, I mean, there are seeds issues, but I, we get very clean things. You know, I, I'm looking at Rabbi Vaya's book now. I don't know if I'll get a chance to. Because I'm on the, you know, I'm speaking, so it's very hard for me to see and speak at the same time. But uh, he has a discussion of seeds, and uh, he shows pictures of seeds with, you know, nagoyim, you know, different things in there. But the the seeds, I would guess, uh, you know, sunflower seeds, things like that. I haven't heard yet, because this is a relatively new thing, you know, the chia seeds. People haven't been using it for very many years. I don't know if he has anything about chia. And even if he did have about chia, if he doesn't have about chia, it doesn't, doesn't prove anything. I mean, you have to know the quality of what you're getting there. Chia is, is not mentioned in his book. Okay, thank you. You're certainly welcome. Thank you. Okay, you're on, you're on cautious on the air. Go ahead. Hello? Hello? Yeah, go ahead. You're on the air. Okay. I heard you mention a few times already about how to clean grapes. And I just have two questions about it. First thing is, I once spoke to some conscious agency that's very, very meticulous. They insisted you must take the grapes off the stem. I know. It seems that you feel that you really absolutely I know. It's not me. better I, not right. to, right? It's not, it's not me. It's not me. This is what I got from Rabbi Goldstein. He this is basically this is basically what Rabbi Vaya is saying. That yeah. The reason that they feel that there's more danger in taking them off than leaving it on. If you want to do that way, so I, I don't think it's going to, you're going to lose the other way either, especially since they said a lot of the mites and the things are in this, in, in the, uh, uh, you know, in, in the stems. So that's what uh, I thought. That's why I thought it's better to take it off. But you seem he seems to say that you. I think he's afraid not. that I think he's afraid that w- what's going to happen is something's going to get inside and you're not going to get it out. I see. Okay. Second question is: You said to wash them. You do three times with soap. What about these veggie wash things? Is that yeah, as effective? Anything that like that, anything. It just means something that will help it. That's all. It doesn't. It, of course, that's you don't effective? use soap. I, I, I'm, I'm sure we're not talking about something that's embedded in, but something that's on it. You know that it somehow, for some reason, these mites seem to hold on very well. But they right. definitely come off. Otherwise, we wouldn't be able to permit it after the three times. Right. Okay. Okay. Very good. Thank, Thank you, you very much for calling. Thank you. Okay. Okay, we have uh, no more calls, so if anybody wants to call in, we have a few minutes left. Our show is at, uh, you call us at 718-683-5858, or you could text us at 347-927-8398, 718-683-5858. So I, I wanted to inform the, the listening audience that 
We're hoping to start another program. I have currently two programs uh, of men who come to learn with us and learn Yeridea. We have Thursday night, we're doing Basa B'cholov. We have Sunday morning, we're doing Taruvas, and we're starting a new program now on Sunday nights at 8.30 till 9.45 at uh, Avrecha Minyan, 1114 Avenue O. So if you're interested, if you're your husband or yourself or somebody, whoever is interested, a boy, whatever age you're interested in, you can join us. Some of these people are going to be going towards a smicha program. We don't tell you to go. We, we love the people to learn lishma. They want to know the halachas. Beautiful. But if you're interested in smicha, this is also something that you might be able to work out with us. You can come and you can, or you can call us and talk about it. So scribble down our telephone number or the email address. It's 718-336-8544. Again, 718-336-8544. Or you can email us at kashrus at AOL.com. We could text us at kashrus at AOL.com, K-A-S-H-R-U-S at AOL.com. And we'll be able to give you details about the shiurim. Um, people are also interested, if you can't make the shiurim, they, you can purchase. It's not expensive anymore. We lowered the price too because it's, it's now using MP3s and we're using USBs and all this stuff today. We don't have tapes anymore. So if you're interested in all the shiurim on Bas Bechol of Terbus and Malicha, we have it all taped from previous years. But if you'd like to come to the program, it's a very good idea for some people who are younger or even older. They're interested in learning your idea leading to smicha or just to know the halachas really well. So please join us. We bleed netter will be starting next Sunday night. So it could be that we'll be doing a, like a review right, right before September because some people are coming back and may not be with us. But if you're around, you want to try it out, Sunday at 8.30. But call us at 718-336-8544 for the details. Okay, we got a number of callers. Go ahead. You're on Kashmir's on the air. Rabbi Wickler from Kashmir's Magazine. Go ahead. Um, I'd like to know if there's a problem with um, canned mushrooms in terms of uh, shratzim, and do fresh mushrooms have to be checked? Okay. Uh, right now, I don't have any. I do have a bias book in front of me, but it's going to take a, a minute for me to look it up, and I don't feel I want to uh, spend the time looking for it for you. But the mushrooms, definitely mushrooms are an issue from some countries. From other countries, it's acceptable. So let me, if I can get it quickly, I will, but if I can't, so I'm going to have to... So, so let's say you have canned mushrooms from a good Hamish Hashkacha. Do we have to worry about no. them? No. Uh, it's only fresh mushrooms where we have to be careful. Right. I mean, presumably, the Hashkacha knows those countries just the way they know about how to prepare, uh, to choose the blueberries, and that's what you're paying for. When people say to me, what is a Hamish Ashkocha? It's the same thing as a national Ashkocha, and they are on together, and they don't know anything different. The main thing they do different is that they don't take all accounts. They don't do every product. They're selective. They can easily be more selective. Of course, they want to make money, too, but they can be more selective, and they will only take the things they feel safe with, they feel confident with, and they don't feel the necessity to, you know, get all the business that's out there. Okay, another caller. Go ahead. You're on Kashmir, Sandia. Can I help you? Um, yes. 
Thank you for taking my call. Regarding the previous call, let's say the nuts that come packaged from the Hamish Ashgachas, does that also not require um, the Dika? The nuts that come from Hamish Ashgachas? Well, cashew nuts, my humble opinion, always needs to be checked because there are always going to be bugs there. You got, it, it, uh, I spoke to one maven and recently he said to me, it's really not fair to say that they're always going to have it, but they do have it on a regular basis, yes. So they, they, the cashews for sure should be checked. People said about checking other things. I don't see very much happening with other nuts. But, of course, the storage can affect it. And, uh, and the, the Hashgacha cannot control this kind of stuff. So it, oh. you definitely have to be aware. You have to be, uh, you know, see what the thing looks like when you open it up. And with cashews, you should definitely break it in half, yes. Okay, another question. Um, regarding romaine lettuce, for instance, it comes packaged with Hazaka that it's uh, checked. Is that Hazaka 100% uh, reliable? Okay. I'm glad you asked that question. When you say it's been a chazaka and it's been checked, first of all, your vegetables that you're getting in the package were not checked. They can't be because if they were checked and they handled and everything like that, it'd be ruined. So they don't check yours. They check a sample. So therefore, it's only a chazaka, as you're saying. That's the reality. It's not been checked. It's a chazaka. Now, that chazaka is based on certain things that they do. They feel that the work that they do creates a good enough chazaka that you're safe. And everybody does it differently. Everybody's concept of that chazaka is different. Some people will say that, you know, as long as I don't see a mir hamatsu at the end of the game, I feel confident. Okay, I like that. that that's very nice. It's true. Mir hamatsu is, the, is really the determinant. But the point is, you're only taking a selection. So the fact that you don't find a meat hamatzi at the end, you only find periodically a, a bug, that doesn't mean you're in good shape. That may, Maybe you didn't take enough of a selection. So what you have to do is that in the earliest part, before it goes in the wash, you have to check it and make sure that it's not a meat hamatzi. Then when the wash comes, you, you're more or less safe. You figure it didn't get worse, got better. Maybe, so maybe I really don't have any problems. But again, it's not a guarantee, and there are those people who will not eat even the best romaine lettuce out there. Okay? All right, thank you. You're certainly thank welcome. You. Have a good evening. Okay, thank you. Yeah, go ahead. You're on Cassius on the air. Yeah, I have a question about blueberries. Somebody who was involved in Cassius, he was actually a mashiach, said that after you wash the blueberries with soap, if you let them soak, and the ones that stay on the bottom are okay, because that means they're head, they, they don't have any holes in them and nothing could, got a, could have gotten into them. The ones that rise to the water, to the top, are the ones that have the bugs in them, or the worms. Well, it's a very nice story. I don't believe it, but it's a very nice story. I mean, it's, it, you know, there is such a thing with, um, you know, it, 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 there, there may be a way of seeing about the holes, but, but you don't, you're not going to have an open hole probably don't have an open hole. The thing has been in there, the, the, um, the maggot has been in there for a long time. He got very big. So yeah. I, don't, I don't believe you're going to see an open hole the way somebody nibbled and got in. I don't know if it's like that. He I didn't don't say it I don't be- hole. He just I, said that there was no I, air hole. Air I don't know. It. It, it seems to me 
that it's, 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 I don't, I can't tell you yes, and I can't tell you no. I'm mm-hmm. not in, in checking. You'd have mm-hmm. to ask somebody who does the checking, somebody who, and if he, this is a mashkir. So ask another one if you have ever heard of such a thing. Mm-hmm. I don't think that that's acceptable. We don't, we don't give that information out. The people that we've, we speak to don't mention that at all. Okay? Okay. Thank, thank you. you. Okay, you're on cautious on the air. Can I help you? Hi, how are you? I just wanted to then inform you two quick things. I know you're running, we're running to the end of the show. Um, one of the things is that I, I do sales. So I'm, I was in the Bronx uh, last week, and I walked into one of the convenience stores over there and picked up a, a Sunkist soda, a regular, you know, popular brand, not, not a knockoff big brand. And um, it did not have Ashkoch on it, and it turned out that it was bottled in Massachusetts. And I called the bottle, bottling company, and they told me, yeah, that they don't, that that diet sunkist is not uh, kosher. And I happened to be that they somehow wound up in, in New York, even though it's uh, bottled in Massachusetts. So people shouldn't go with the assumption that just because it's a national brand that it's, it's automatically kosher. Yeah, but I don't know the I, you know, you're, you're raising a question that I don't know the answer to. I, I, we could find out if you'll contact me afterwards. It would be cute. We would we look into it. Get me at kashras at aol.com or uh, 718-336-8544. I'll tell you why. Because I don't know if that Sunkist isn't really kosher. If it's owned by the, uh, a, a company, like kosher company makes the, the syrup, then halachically we consider it kosher even if there's no ashkocha right. on the plant. And the, 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 the plant told you it's not kosher, meaning they don't have kosher on the plant. In the plant. So right. I, it could be that the syrup is made kosher, and we give out the information that that makes the product kosher and you don't need a hashkoch on the, on the can. So I don't know the answer if it's uh, who really makes the syrup, but if we would get a little more information, I would research it up and let people know. Okay, okay? I'll, I'll get that to you afterwards. Very the good. The quick thing is I know, I know one of the popular topics while you were Slurpees, I was in a convenience store, also 7-Eleven, and I had a label on the Slurpee, not Hasidic kosher, and I, and I said to the manager, <laughs> I said to the manager, either it's kosher or it's not kosher. He says, listen, this is what the rabbi told me to do on the grape flavor. So I guess he was talking about Lagabaya and Nesach, because wow. It was a great flavor. Not Hasidic. Okay. <laughs> Interesting world we have out here. <laughs> thank you, for, for, thank no you for the call. Have a good Bye-bye. evening. We have another few calls. We'll take them. Okay, David. You're a nice guy. Okay. We're taking one more call. This last caller. Go ahead, please. Hi, am I on the line? Yes, quickly, please. Okay, thank you. I, I missed it when you were talking about the corn. Is uh, frozen corn on the cob okay? Or the no, fresh? we're saying the only the canned corn or the... Only canned uh, the little niblets or the uh, baby corn. We do not accept the, uh, the the corn on the cob, even frozen. Sorry. Either from nothing. Okay, okay, just the canned corn. Okay, thank, thank you. Thank so you much. very much. We're gonna we're gonna uh, we're finished for the day. So please join us again next week at six o'clock on Monday for Kashrus on the air.